Are you listening to CBJRadio.com yet? The 2021 International Singer-Songwriters Radio Station of the Year. It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from a hip-hop show to a rock show to all independent artist shows, a Friday night request show, and don't forget about retro Saturday nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello friends, how you doing? I was at a bar earlier this week and uh, I was wearing a yellow Adidas jacket, white stripes down the side. And this gal was like, I like your jacket. It reminds me of the Beastie Boys. And I was like, yes, that's the look I'm going for. Then we proceeded to talk about music for the rest of the night. And I got to talking to her husband. And he's a huge jam band fan. So that was awesome. Now, folks, if you didn't know, I have a couple of radio shows on CBJRadio.com. One of them is a jam band show. It's called Jamming with DJ Rude. It's Thursday nights at 5 p.m. And another one's called... The Primer, and that's at Friday nights at 9 p.m. That's a hip-hop show. So if you like those types of music, you should definitely listen to those shows. It is so great to be able to talk about music with anybody in this crazy, polarizing political world. When you start a conversation with someone, uh, you don't know necessarily where it's going to go. So music is is a good place to start. I do find it hard to talk to super fans of bands. They have a hard time talking about any other music or giving any other bands credit for being good. A question I do like to ask people that I I just meet or are getting to know uh, is, what is your, who are your favorite top musical artists, your top five? And a lot of people struggle with that question. I can get about three pretty easily, but the other two, they're interchangeable uh, and how I'm feeling on the day. So maybe think about your top five musical artists for the next time you actually see me in person and get and talk to me. All right, folks, today's guest is Michelle Newell. I went to high school with Michelle. She's a few years younger than me, so we really didn't get to know each other during high school, but did get to know each other in our college years. At the time, I believe she was working at McDonald's and became an assistant manager, and my friends would grill her about working there and what it would take to own a McDonald's franchise because that's what she thought she was going to do. But as you will learn in this episode, she didn't go down that path to becoming a McDonald's franchise owner. I don't want to give away any more of the episode. Let's get to the interview. I was born in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, we, I think I was like 18 months old when we left there. Um, uh-huh. I, we moved around a lot when I was growing up. So um, about every three years we would move. So um, wow. it primarily when I was really little, it was between Utah. We spent some time in Idaho 
Um, I think I started kindergarten in Idaho and then moved back to Utah and then um, moved to Laramie when I was 12 and in sixth grade. So Laramie is home and I guess primarily where I was, was raised and spent my formative years as it were. Gotcha. So were your parents native Mississippians? How'd they meet? No. So my parents are from Utah uh-huh. and they met in high school, high school sweethearts. Um, and after they got married, my dad, they moved to Arizona where my older sister was born. Okay. And my dad went to school in Arizona. Um, electrician type shit. I don't know the exact schooling that he did. Um, and after he finished school, he got a job in Mississippi in, in Pascagoula. Um, there is a naval shipyard near Pascagoula and he was doing electrical shit at the naval shipyard in Pascagoula. Um, but they weren't there for very long because my grandmother, my paternal grandmother did not like her baby being so far away. So they ended up moving back to Utah uh-huh. um, closer to home. Uh-huh. Pascalula. Reminds me of that Ray Stevens song. It, it is that Ray Stevens yeah, song. Yeah. When more you said it, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Rings a bell in my head. Yeah. The day uh, the squirrel went berserk. Yeah. So you spoke of one sibling. How many siblings do you have? Three. So I have an older sister, Pam, and then me. And then I have a younger brother, Josh. And then the youngest is Heidi. Hi. I am the only middle child because I don't count my brother as, since he's the only boy, he doesn't really count as a middle child. <laughs> uh, that's me. I'm the only boy. I'm all sisters. Uh, it is different. Uh, being the only boy, there's different rules when your parent, like, uh, especially like curfew and such. Uh, yeah, I didn't really have one until my senior high school. They, my sisters all did. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, all my sisters get into battles with my mom. I rarely do. And they're like, why don't you ever fight with her? And I'm like, because she didn't raise an independent woman with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like, that's why we get along so well. And uh, so what are, what are the, what are the age breakdowns between you guys? We are all pretty close in age. Um, my older sister, Pam and I are almost just over two years apart. Well, no, three years apart. Okay. He's uh, I have to think about this. Oh, we're almost three years apart. And then it's 18 months between the rest of us. Oh, wow. So, yeah, my mom had four under like five or six. Um, she was crazy as near as I can tell. Do you like the feeling? I mean, she liked the pregnant feeling and might as well get it done if you want to have a big family, right? You know, I, guess. Apart. I, guess. I don't know. So were you guys all like, I mean, close, obviously 18 months apart, but was it like one one newel comes, the rest of the posse comes with it. There was, there was close, but we, there was also a lot of just like, I think sibling rivalry and fighting. Um, I 
hated being referred to as, oh, you're Pam's little sister. I understand. Um, I, I really wanted like my own identity. I didn't want to necessarily be associated with her, but by the same token, I think I also tagged along with her and wanted to be included with her because, you know, she was older and cooler and had cooler friends. So for me, there was kind of a struggle between, you know, not wanting to be judged and be her, but also I wanted to like be around her and be cool with her. Um, My brother and I always had and kind of still do to this day there's just this weird rivalry sibling rivalry that we have between each other um and my little sister and i she and i are probably well my sister and my older sister and i are pretty close and my little sister and i are are also pretty close right now so i totally understand the oldest on the middle child and um at least in one side my parents got divorced when i was young and but all my time growing up in Oregon, um, my older sister Rochelle was was the shadow, like cast the big shadow. She was really good at education. She was really good in sports. And so like I'd come into a class and they'd be like, oh, you're Rochelle's little brother. And I'd be like, yeah, I felt your pain. I was like, I am Justin. I am not her. <laughs> but yet she has, likes cool music. She has cool friends and everything. But I am not her. And so, and I always say in the classic middle child thing, I, I developed, you know, my own um, separation personality. If she's it, I zagged um, for a while there. Um, But then I moved to Laramie and there was no shadow. She was not, she didn't go to school in Laramie. So I it was a whole new reputation, but I still had the middle child mentality still to the day. And, you know, the look at, look at me and uh, I do a lot of peacekeeping. And, uh, and then, but my, cause my little sister is like 11 years younger than me. So oh, wow. yeah, I was like a, another parent yeah, almost with her. And, and it's kind of interesting because to the day I'm like, when she does good, I'm proud. When she does bad, I'm like, ah, where did I go wrong? You know? <laughs> and, and yeah, we're, we're really tight and stuff and everything like that. So, uh, it was, uh, that's a bigger difference. My older sister and I are six years older than my stepsister is about four years older than me. But I didn't grow up with her as much and everything, but surrounded by sisters all the time. And uh, so it was it was good to have an older sibling. But I understand your your pain in the in the I was tired of yeah, being Pam's little. And I graduated with Pam. So, yeah, I know Pam is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everything. And so uh, do you have memories of what like? Besides Laramie, Idaho, before Laramie, do you have memories? Yeah, so before Laramie, we lived in Richfield, Utah. Oh, Utah, okay, yeah. Um, And I I have memories of that. And then, so prior to Richfield, it was Bountiful, Utah, which is a suburb of Salt Lake. And then prior to that was Idaho. Okay. So it was like every three years we moved till we got to Laramie. And I think at the point that we got to Laramie, we were all old enough that that move was really hard for us being torn away from friends and schools. And my mom was like, we're not doing this again until the kids are out of school. And they didn't. So. Yeah. I moved to Laramie. I was 13. Hated it. Hated yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, had these 
delusions that I was going to bring rock and roll to Wyoming. And uh, <laughs> I turned it out, I, it, it kind of flipped me around on my head and I ended up kind of being a hit in, in high school. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, before I moved to Laramie, my stepdad had come and he was here a year, you know, working at the university, letting us know it's a good place and all that to make sure we made the big move. And it was like, the Saturday before, or maybe two Saturdays before, on Saturday Night Live, they had a sketch called Laramie Vice. And it was like all the old West characters, like Wild Bill Hickok, all them, Billy Ken. And my friends and I are watching it, and they're just like, You're moving there. And I'm like, But they don't even have like paved roads. <laughs> Not even thinking that my stepdad had been here a year or anything like that. And he's had pictures and all that. And I was like, Oh my God. And uh, yeah, moving here. Uh, it was definitely uh, big fish, small pond, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I hate, you know, I want to get out. So I turned to, I wasn't that great at academics. So sports was my thing. And I knew that that had to be my way out. And so uh, it's interesting now I lived here uh, bulk of my life. I moved back in 2003. And so I've almost lived here 20 years and uh, never thought that Laramie would be like this destination for me without the amount of hate I had for the place. Because every time I'd go back to Oregon, see all my friends from there, hang out, get out of shape, come back, play sports. It was, uh, I mean, it was fun, but I missed Oregon terribly until probably I thought I was going to move to Oregon uh, after I came back from New York and lived here. I was like five years in Laramie, Think about go back to Oregon, and that never happened. Here you are. Yeah, still here, and everything. So, growing up, were you were you academically inclined? Were you athletically inclined? Definitely not athletically inclined. Okay. I've never been athletically inclined. Um, I was. Uh, I did swimming for a couple of years. I think my freshman and sophomore year, um, and then I got into four H and FFA. Okay. And kind of that's where most of my focus was. My grades were fine. They were good. I wasn't, um, I wasn't straight A's. I, you know, A's and B's probably mm-hmm. mostly. So just, you know, average, I kind of just kind of flew under the radar, I think most of the time. And so 4-H FFAs, you have the, the cool blue jackets and everything. I do. Yeah. 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 Did you, is that, you still have it or do you keep those forever? I do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I do still have it. And I, uh, I don't think it would fit anymore, but you know, <laughs> that happens to the best of us. Yeah. I put on my, I don't know where my Letterman jacket is. It's somewhere. Uh, but my, I had a football jacket and I put it on a couple of years ago. It still fits. I'm proud of myself. Wow. That's it impressive. At, it didn't fit at one time, but we got back <laughs> to that point. Uh, and so in 4-H, like, how'd you get involved with that? So I probably got Ali Roberts and I in high school were best friends and are still good friends. And um, she was in 4-H and had horses and always something that, you know, I wanted and, you know, the teenage girl loving horses. I think it's just, but so I think that's probably what got me into it. We had done 4-H in Utah Okay. Um, and so we kind of already always done a little bit of as, as kids, but then I got more involved in it, I think, because I became such good friends with Allie. John, what what animals did you show? What I did was your... pigs. Oh wow. 
And we lived in town. So like we didn't live out in the country. My um, 4-H advisor, um, you know, you know, John Clymer and Lori Clymer. Oh, yeah. So yeah. their yeah their dad was our 4H like club leader and so he had some space out at their house and so he let me keep my pigs out there um, and so I'd have to get up like every morning and ride my bike over to his house to feed the kid pigs and take care of the pigs I only did it one year and I was yeah. like, this is too much of a pain in the ass I'll I'll figure something out um, I had dogs so I did dogs one year. We were abysmal in the obedience <laughs> portion of it. Um, and then one year um, I did, I rented a horse from a friend of mine and um, did the Jim Connor for 4 H one year. Oh, wow. Uh, and were you uh, a rebellious kid during your high school years? Were you? Goody, goody, real. I was somewhere probably in between. Okay. I wasn't super rebellious. Um, I grew up Mormon. Okay. So my family was pretty religious. I started straying towards the end of my high school career. Um, I would, um, I worked at McDonald's through high school and well, like way beyond high school. You probably remember that like yeah. 10 years I worked for McDonald's. And I remember um, like I'd close and go out with friends after work. And my parents had a rule that when we came home, their bedroom door was right off the front door. So they had a rule that we would have to knock on the door and let them know that we were home. And that was whether we were working or just going out or whatever. And we had a curfew. And so um, I realized that they never really checked what time it was when I came home. So I'd come home and knock on the door and say, I'm home. And they'd say, thanks, sweetie. What time is it? And I look at the clock that was right next to my dad's head. And it was like two 30 in the morning. Oh, it's 1230. You're like, okay. Yes. So, I mean, that's probably until I um, hit my senior year. Um, that was probably the worst of it. Yeah. I was a goody goody in high school. I didn't do anything because uh, I thought my ticket out was sports. So I was like, got to keep it sharp. And then I was like, well, I'm OK at sports. I don't know if going out and partying and stuff will help me get to where I want to be. And uh, so, yeah, I did. I drank my spring break my senior year, which I was pretty much done. Uh, I knew there was probably the end of the line. Oh, I was still kind of getting recruited, but yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I didn't have, I didn't have a curfew. I hung out with a guy that played bass, Bill Berzuela. Yes. Um, he was yeah. my neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And, he was right across the alley from us. Yeah. So, wow. Been past your house so many times then yeah. back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And yeah, I'd hang out with him more than anybody. And so like he was into computer games. So was I, I like star trek star wars he liked star trek um so yeah i wasn't i didn't get into crazy wild stuff till college where i was like wow i have time yeah. on my hands uh yeah. because i'm not doing sports and such um did you know that once you were done with high school did you know that you wanted to do anything college wise what do you want to do i knew i wanted to go to college but okay. I what um yeah. i took a year off after high school i was in the army um, 
And so I took a year off between college and high school and then went to, went to college, had a ton of fun in college. <laughs> um, at that point, I think I thought that I still wanted to go into like agricultural. And so I started out as ag business um, and then took two years off and worked full time moved to Cheyenne, worked full-time at McDonald's, decided that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and then went back to school and switched my major to communications. So what made you join the Army? I'm going to wind you back a little bit. Oh, God. Um, I it, well, I was 18 and dumb. <laughs> uh, it, it's the short answer looking back now. But yeah. at the time, um, I thought that it would help me pay for school. And it made me third generation military. My, my grandfather was in the army and my uncle had been in the army. So it seemed like I would continue the, uh, the legacy. So I learned pretty quickly. It was not for me. Uh, I was in the reserves. I was an Intel analyst. Um, I'm honestly still not sure what the hell I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> Uh, I did basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and then I went to Arizona to Fort Chuka, Fort Huachuca. I broke my ankle in between. I broke my ankle oh. at the end of basic training. With you do a, um, uh, they called it a confidence course, but it's uh, obstacle course. Obstacle course. I was like, and one of the very last things on this stupid obstacle course is you climb up, uh, it's like 10 feet high. It kind of, it, it's a 10 foot high platform and then you jump down into sand. And I got up there and got scared. And when I jumped down, I landed on the side of my ankle. Ouch. Uh, yeah, it hurt. It hurt. And um, we, this is like a week before graduation. Um, and we had to, there was like some like base wide thing that we had to march to and my, my ankle was killing me. And the next day was a Saturday. Um, and you, they have med call in the army, but you don't like, you don't go on med call, right? You have to be fucking dying to go on med call. And I went on med call on Saturday and my drill sergeant, I remember like first was yelling at me about being on med call. And he's like, why do you need to go on med call? And I'm like, I hurt my ankle yesterday. And he's like, well, let me see it. And I like pulled down my sock and my ankle is swollen the size of a softball. Ah. <laughs> he's, then he starts yelling at me. Cause why didn't I tell anybody earlier? But, um, um, I took some time off because they put me in a cast and sent me home while I was in the cast. And then once the cast was off, I shipped out to Arizona and did my training in Arizona. Um, and then I got back and started school and was in the reserves for a couple of years. I, I mentioned the fact that I am not athletic and I'm not fast. Um, I could never make the PT run as fast as I was supposed to. So they gave me an option to get out after a couple of years because I couldn't make the PT run. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, th I think I'll, uh, I'll take that and I'll go on with my life. Wow. Yeah. I, I, my dad was drafted into Vietnam. And so for a long time, 
in my life, he poo-pooed any sort of military service. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time he got his dress uniform back uh, from his parents, my grandparents' house. And like, I had it, I put it on and he walked in the room. He was like, no, 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 that goes off. And he was like, if there's ever a draft, you're Canadian. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that was kind of his views on it. Uh, since then, uh, he's uh, got involved with the VA and has really changed a lot of his, his thinking towards the military. But it was definitely, you're not going to do that. Uh, whatever you need, I'll help you out before you ever join the military. Uh, and we stayed in uh, barracks for football camp. And uh, I knew after staying there, I was like, man, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't think I want to do this. Yeah, I don't. I, I barely can handle coaches screaming in my face, yet alone a military person. So, yeah, I'm glad I didn't make that choice. But I respect all the people that, that did and tried and make a career out of it and everything. Um, were you scared of heights? Is that why you got nervous at the 10? Yeah, I don't think I realized I was scared of heights. Um, I definitely am now. Like, I can be really high, like, on the top of a mountain or, or like, on the top of the Empire State Building, and I'm fine. But you put me 10 to 15 feet off the ground. Like, I fucking hate ladders. I hate ladders. Okay. Um, They terrify me. And so for some reason, and I'm sure that breaking my ankle on that jump probably exasperated that, but yeah. So like on a really tall, like solid thing, I'm fine, but 10 to feet, 10 to 15 feet off the ground and something that's kind of shaky, especially a ladder. Yeah. No, I hate it. Wow. I, I don't think I'm scared of heights. You know, I'll just say I'm scared of falling. Um, so I don't put myself in positions. Uh, to be on the edge of anything really super high empire state building yeah that's fine all that a safe area but like sides of cliffs and stuff i'm like i don't know about looking over the edge i know it's i know it's far down yeah and, and so but yeah like 10 feet off the platform i'd have jumped off that wouldn't have phased me but i've also jumped off like um like the platforms for the olympic divers oh I actually went yeah, to no. a pool that had that one time I did that and uh, they're crazy. They, they are literally, that is, that's a crazy height. Yeah, and yeah. if you don't hit the water, right, you're hurt. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. I mean, I, I, can't do, I can barely do like, like the, what, three feet platform, yeah. one, let alone like any of the high dive stuff. No way. Yeah. And so um, once you're out in the military, you said you came back and went to school at UW. Is that correct? I did. I went to school at UW for a couple of years um, and then took a couple of years off and worked and lived in Cheyenne and then came back and finished up my undergrad degree in communications. Did you always know you wanted to go to UW like once you were done with the army? Was there any other choice? You no, know, I just didn't really think about anything else. Um, my parents didn't go to college and um, I had one uncle on my mom's side that went to college but nobody on my dad's side so we were kind of first generation and uh-huh. I you know it wasn't it wasn't expected but it also wasn't necessarily discouraged um so UW was just the easy and obvious choice I think so yeah. I didn't I didn't even look at other colleges because I knew I could get into UW and at that point, I think I was content to live in Laramie for the rest of my life. 
understand well at least you you saw some parts of the country through the military and well and i went to law school when i decided to go to law school i decided that i needed to get away from home so i decided that i was going to go further away so i tell yeah everyone's got to leave i left for three and a half years lived in new york for a bit uh but yet came back because i was like well working in tv news burned me up and education i enjoy it i'm part of the solution even though i'm just an it monkey and uh it's uh it, i didn't think i was gonna go to the university of wyoming sorry listeners we set, kept saying you dub so university of wyoming um i got recruited a little bit on recruiting trips football um and it kind of came down to it at the time you just had to have a wyoming diploma and you were in and so yeah. i was like yeah, very late enrollment and uh, stuck it out, uh, you know, spent a lot of time in college. Uh, I spent more time than I thought it was needed six years to get an undergrad. I had a lot of fun for everyone that got out in three and a half, four years. And uh, but, way more fun than they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. I mean, in the last year, I probably could have made it one or one semester, but I was paying for it. So I, I just stretched stretch mm-hmm. it out. Cause my parents were like, we'll pay for five. I got to year five and went, uh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm not quite done. So I got to pay for this. And, uh, so I did that and then, yeah, I got out, but, um, it's interesting that now I work in it and I have a broadcasting degree. I have no idea. I mean, I know how I got here, but I rarely use any of my skills and yeah, it's just that degree thing. Having one of those get you in the doors at places and such. Um, so what made you choose? You were in ag and then you went to communications? Yeah, I was in ag and then I went to communications. And I the only, I don't remember specifically the switch other than I think I realized that unless you have a family, you already own land. Um, like you can't, there's not really anything that you can do. So I switched to communications. Um and then I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do with this? Yeah. So I went to law school. And where did you go to law school? I went to Hamlin, which is a little liberal arts college in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, wow. So and I found it. Um, I was actually looking at some schools on the East Coast. I went to um, a law school forum in Boston. And okay. started up a conversation with the guy that was there from Hamlin. It was like the assistant dean that was there and talked to him for a little bit and put my name down on the list like I had done on, you know, who knows how many other schools. And most of the other schools I got back, like just this stock form letter, but I got an actual like personalized oh, cool. email or letter. I don't remember what it, which it was from him. Um, which impressed me. And so I was like, I think that's where I'm going. So that's where I ended up. And uh, what made you want to do law school? Um, Well, again, it was kind of like, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do with a communications degree and thought I probably needed to do a master's degree or something else. So um at the time when I graduated college, I was working out at the cathedral home. Okay. Um, so I was working at the cathedral home the end of my 
my college and really liked working with the kids. So I thought I wanted to go to law school and um, figure out a way to represent kids. And so that's what I ended up doing. I might rewind you back a little bit. You worked at McDonald's and you were like a crew. I remember this. You were like a career person. I was. And that's why I left. That's why I left college for a couple of years is that they made me an assistant manager at uh, um, a store in Cheyenne. I actually worked at a couple of stores in Cheyenne and thought that I wanted to own my own store eventually. And at the time, I have no idea what it is anymore. But at the time, McDonald's had um, some pretty cool incentives for like women and minority owners to help get you into a store at some point. So you know, I figured that that's for a while. That's what I wanted to do. And then what made you leave? Uh, it was a combination of the catalyst. I hate to admit it. The catalyst was a breakup. Um, and then shortly after that breakup, I got passed over for a promotion that I thought I deserved over the other guy. He was male and married. And so I think that they figured he was more stable. Uh, and so it just kind of made me rethink whether or not that's what I wanted to do and decided I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't want to dedicate my life to it and decided to go back to school. And I'm so glad I did because I cannot imagine working those hours and just like being on your, that's hard. It's hard fucking work. Oh yeah. <laughs> Long oh, yeah. shifts and on your feet, you know, for eight, nine hours a day. And, and doing the company line, like yeah, it's not your own mind. It's yeah. someone else's. Yeah. And yeah. I escaped food services. Uh, I had a uh, job at Hardy's waiting on the uniform and Kmart called and was like, uh, you want a job? Like I had my resume was already in with them. And I was like, yep, let's do this. <laughs> and never ended up. I worked, I always say I worked uh, food industry adjacent as a DJ. Like I was part of the team, but I never like served food or rolled silverware, or did any of that stuff. Uh, yeah. I was the entertainment. And, uh, but yeah, it seems like a hard world. And yeah. uh, being on your feet that long. I mean, as, as a videographer in New York, I had days where I was on my feet a lot and, I, yeah, I can't imagine doing that. So, yeah, you made a good choice. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. And uh, so you relocate to Minnesota. What was that like? You know, it was great. I think it was really a good thing for me because it was really the first time that I was completely on my, my own. Um, you know, I went out there not knowing anybody my parents helped move me out and then they left and I was there and I was by myself and I didn't know anybody and so I it I had to not only stand on my own two feet I mean my parents were still helping and supporting but um it it gave me an opportunity I think to figure out who I am and you know just sort of figure my shit out without you know, just falling back on what I grew up with and was taught and kind of expected to believe and think. Uh, where was that located in the state of Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota. St. Paul. St. Paul. Oh, so it's yeah. in the Twin Cities there. Yeah, so it was in the Twin Cities. Also, just a ton of fun. Um, yeah. I had a lot of fun in law school. 
um, between St. Paul and Minnesota and Minneapolis. They're they're cool cities. So how many people? It, it was kind of cool to be like my school was pretty small. It's a small liberal arts college. And coming from Laramie, I was a little worried about being in the big city. Um, it's a, it was kind of the best of both worlds because it was a small school, but in a big city. So I had a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, how big was your law class? Like how many people were in it? Like 300. I think it was about oh, wow. my high school class. It was, it was pretty small. Oh, I mean, well, 300 is, I mean, for, for a law school, I mean, that's a lot of people or for your, just your class. Um, and so, cause I just, I've known many uh, law students went through UW yeah, and man, that's some hard work. And so, yeah. uh, good job. Thank you. And everything. It was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so did you like, you go through law school. See, I'm rewatching uh, How I Met Your Mother and Marshall goes through law school <laughs> and he talks about passing the bar and everything. Did you, is it per state? Is that correct? It, it was when I went to law school. Okay. Um, and so I took the Colorado bar. I had, um, I had interned in with public defender's office, which is where I work now in Colorado Springs. Um, and at that point decided I needed to be closer to home. It was okay. great to get away and spend some time away, but I wanted to come back closer to home. I didn't want to go back to Wyoming. Yeah. I wanted to be, you know, far enough away that you can't have unexpected drop-in visitors, <laughs> um, but close enough that you can get there for a weekend. Yeah. Um, so I think Colorado bar and it was per state at the time they have, um, it's called a UBE now, and it can be accepted a little bit more universally than what it was when I took it ages ago now. And so like, well, like Colorado Springs, like used to be like, oh, just going out of Colorado Springs. We have friends out there now. And now I'm like, oh man, I got to drive the gauntlet of Denver. I know. <laughs> I-25 from Fort Collins to Colorado Springs just fucking sucks. Yeah. It sucks. My husband still works in Colorado Springs. Um, he works remotely and drives down to the Springs once a week. And I, I don't know how he does it. I tear my hair out. I went down last weekend and, to see some friends and I avoid I-25. I take all of the back roads so that I don't have to go on I-25. At least you know how to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. I have friends who live there and I'm like, like, come visit. And I'm like, huh. no. yeah, I'm exhausted already. Just thinking. Yeah. That. Yeah. And, no. Yeah. Awful. And, it's an awful drive. Yeah. And so you, where you guys live in Denver now? Where do you guys? No, we're in Greeley. Oh, Greeley. Oh, cool. Yeah. We were, so we moved to Greeley about, it's about three years ago now. Okay. And so you take the, did you have like a, a job set up in Colorado Springs right away at law school? I did. Yeah, I was, I had a job. In fact, I, I started back then we could start before we took the bar. So okay. I worked, I worked for a month. I worked in May and then I took June off and studied for the bar and the bar is in July. So I guess June and July off and then went back and started back up in August. And like, what's, what's your first year of working at a law firm entail? Well, I'm a public defender. Oh, okay. um, so it's not wow. quite the same. Yeah. It's not quite the same as a law firm. Um, I think that the first year can just be like, just 
deer in headlights okay. and terrified for a year straight, um, I think is, and, and just completely overwhelmed and lost. So do they, they, as a public defender, they throw you out right in, in, in court, or do you get to shadow somebody for a little bit? Uh, <laughs> I'd like, we are a kinder, gentler uh, system now, but when I started, it was just, I showed up and here are your 200 cases and you have court and there you go. Wow. I had at least had the experience of interning the summer prior. And okay. so, um, I had, I had some knowledge of what the hell I was doing, but not a ton. You rely a lot on the other attorneys that are in the office and uh, you, you, they do start you in county court doing misdemeanor cases so you're at least not uh, thrown into the deep end quite yet yeah i in like it was kind of like working at tv station and a market the size of new orleans compared to shooting video on the sidelines of the university of wyoming uh we did get a shadow guy because i was primarily good at sports i wasn't news guy like uh but i started as an editor there so I was definitely familiar with the company and they're like, all right, we're going to uh, use you as both. And you're going to go out and be a videographer as well. And um, it was intense. After a while, I had a shift where they would put all the new reporters with me. But yet we had like the smallest window and the, and the biggest not live shot and everything. And these reporters are trying to build resume tapes. I'm like, let's just get this thing done. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of the craziness was definitely lost in, I mean, I'm sure there was tons of stories that I covered that were crazy. Um, but some of the exciting stuff, I was there during 9-11 and everything, which oh, was, wow. yeah, that, that was, that's definitely that's in my subconscious very, still. <laughs> intense. I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. It was, I wasn't working that day and uh, oh, I was, I was night shift. So I was sleeping. And uh, I get a call from my ex-wife and she's like, um, a, t- a plane ran into the tower. And I was like, say what? And then the Twin Towers. And I was like, I'm thinking commuter plane. I'm like, ah, oh, this uh, shouldn't call me in. And so I turn on the TV and I see the second plane and it's a huge commercial jet. And I went, okay, I'm going to have to go to work. And uh, my job called shortly after and was like, we're not bringing you in just yet. So just be ready to come in any time. And I didn't have to go in that day. but 9 12 for i don't know a month straight i don't think i stopped working and the stories i covered were intense and crazy and there was the anthrax scare and it was there was a whole lot going on um and yeah new york was crazy for that but like i got to cover some sports stuff i was in the dugout um 9 11 9 whatever the first game played after 9 11 and oh. i was in that it was the mets and braves and so I was in the Braves dugout. We were waiting to go on the field. And I'm like standing next to like Hall of Fame guys. And I'm just like, all right, just be cool. Just be cool. <laughs> be somber. Like this is a somber man. Yeah. Like don't come out of this field with a big old smile on your face because you were standing next to Tom Glavin. And I'm not a big uh, uh, Braves fan. I'm a Yankee fan, a huge Yankee fan. It would have probably been a whole lot more different if the Yankees were right next to me. I would have lost my mind. And then – there are a few times I got to be like in the jet locker room because they were like right 
on Long Island and we cover them a lot. And my favorite memory was uh, Herman Edwards was the coach of the New York Jets. And so I would I was covering for our normal uh, sports videographer. He was out for the day. So I go in and Herman introduced himself to me and we talked for a little bit and do the press conference. I come back a couple of weeks later. He's like, Justin Flaskrude, you Larry Wyoming, like remember wow. me. That like, is cool. And I was like, I'm I'm not here enough for you to remember me. This is so weird. That and is I, cool. not everyone remembers, everybody probably remembers somebody from Wyoming because we weren't there wasn't a lot of us out there. And so that probably stuck out in his head. But I was just like, oh my God, I want to play football for this guy. Like he that was pretty cool. But yet it, it definitely did burn me out. And uh, I know the East Coast wasn't for me. And a job opened up UW and back the day and um, at education since. And, and it's been fun. And I enjoy being part of the, uh, like I said, the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, people getting educated and stuff at my alma mater, which is weird because, like, I wasn't even a fan of it when I first started going to school <laughs> there. Like, I was still, like, I'm still an or- University of Oregon fan. But Wyoming's 1A or Oregon's 1B and and everything. And like I knew when I moved back, I was like, okay, I gotta do things that I didn't normally do when I lived there. Like definitely go camping, definitely go like increase my concert intake in Colorado. Like it was something I was like, all right, I gotta like this place better. And of course it eventually did and settled in. I'm gonna be probably retire from the university and everything. And so uh yeah, it was you have to get out there and explore the world. Yeah. And I, I said for everyone to do that. And that's why I like bringing guests on the show that, that have done a little bit of exploring or done a little bit of look, looking around and everything, but yet you're, you can't, everybody comes back home, but you're in, you're in Greeley now, which is not through the gauntlet. I, we have some friends down in, in Greeley. We go down there quite a bit. And so do you ever There's get some really good beer in really? Yeah, this it was kind of smelly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you gotta kind of and it, you don't get used to it. People oh. say you get used to it. I don't think you do. Yeah. What what is the factory there? The JBS. It's oh, okay. a meat packing factory. Um, and then there are a ton of feedlots sort of surrounding it. So the best days in Greeley are the blood burning days. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 In well. my office is downtown, not too far from JBS. So. Yeah. yeah. I recall yeah. that. Cause it seems like I've been down there and like hung out for a few days. And so it's I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice it. And then either the wind shifts or you're like, Oh, I yeah. come back in a week. And you're like, like, Oh, Oh my God. What is that smell? Yeah. yeah. If, uh, it's uh, when you're on 25 and you got a good wind going, you're like, oh, really? Yeah. Smell yeah. you from here. But yeah, it's and nice. Usually they say that smells like money. <laughs> so you spoke of a, of a husband. I do. I have a husband. How'd you guys meet? Uh, we were friends. So when I moved to Colorado Springs, I rented a house in the downtown area, sight unseen. Um, saw it online, liked it, talked to the landlord. It's like, this is what I want. I could have gone really bad, but fortunately it went very well. 
um, the landlord of the house that I rented is one of my husband's best friends. Ah. And the neighbor of the house that I rented also was one of his good friends at the time. So I got lucky and fell in with a really good group of friends and became friends with my husband. Uh, Obviously, before he was my husband, we were friends for a couple of years. And then he had kind of a midlife crisis. He's also an attorney and weirdly also went to Hamlin. Oh, wow. Um, He's older than I am. So he, he was there about 10 years earlier than me um but he did family law for a long time and that will break anybody and so he took he decided to stop practicing sold his business moved like got rid of everything sold his house whatever he had left he moved into my garage um (laughs) and then went gallivanting around europe for nine months and he was, he kind of ended in England and was doing some house sitting and invited people out to come stay. And I went out to visit him and yada, yada, yada. Now we're married. <laughs> yada, 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 the best part. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, not the midlife crisis part that happens. Um, it turned out well for him though. I think I grew my hair long. That was my midlife crisis and it was terrible. And my girlfriend, like, every morning for a little like a month straight was would wake up in the morning and be like cut your hair <laughs> cut it. like the first thing out of her mouth she'd be like cut your hair be like, fine <laughs> and uh and, yeah it looked bad like I, I just like i'm gonna grow it long but it had no plan and I, the way i had it cut made it grow long kind of weird so uh yeah i mean there, i still have pictures of it like on my phone to be like how long did it get uh probably about right here Okay, like but, just over your shoulders. Yeah, maybe the front down here, but yeah, it was, yeah, um, not not a good look, not a, not the way I thought it was going to work out. So, uh, and this is just so much easier to take care of, and so I keep it short, and uh, and now it's turning out gray, and yeah, uh, it happens in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, as a guy, uh, we get a little more distinguished looking. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and older sister don't, they have the same hair color always. So you got that advantage going on. If you want to keep your hair the same color, uh, nobody looks once, but yet if I darken this up, they'll be like, weren't you yeah. just uh, gray the other day? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So at least like, you still have hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah. Um, I, both my grandfathers, when I knew them, when they were alive, both were bald. My dad was like, well, whatever that side it comes from, I'm screwed either way. And uh, my dad had for 70 something years old, he has a good quaffed of hair. Uh, so there's some jeans in there. Yeah, it's good. I don't think I have his good quaffed of hair jeans, but I'm holding on. Uh, it's my 30th reunion this summer. And oh, uh, wow. yeah, my 20th, I was like, that's when it, the guys that had lost all their hair happened. Mm-hmm. A few of us were getting starting to get gray, but then I saw the 30th reunion people and they're like, they were like, oh, I'm like, wow, I can't imagine 10 years from now and how gray I'll be and all that. So yeah, it is, it'll be fun. And I'm one of the main people that have set it up and uh, that's been a, a task in itself. I can only and, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's working out. I mean, it's Jubilee days, as you know, it's yeah. a good time. A lot of fun. Yeah. It's and always so, yeah. a giant homecoming. Oh Yeah. 
And yeah, and the main reason they asked me or put me in charge of it because I had this thing at uh, Mulligan's. Yeah, I've seen that every year. Yeah, and and they're like, you should put the reunion together because you put this together. And I'm like, all I did was make a Facebook page. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Not coordinate nights and venues and food. Yeah, it's been, but I have a good group of people I've been working with on it. (laughs) Luckily, I wasn't alone and, and a lot of people reached out and they're like, you can't do this all alone. I'm like, oh, thank you. And so I was just a little late on probably planning a lot of it because I got a new boss part of the way through last semester. And yeah, work got tough for a little bit. And so it was prioritizing time and then being like, do I want to work on reunion stuff? Oh, no, I don't. And so, but now it's getting good. It's getting good and we're getting closer and it's getting warmer and all the students are leaving this weekend. Graduation's going on. Oh, is that this weekend? Yes. So Laramie's fun to be in over the summertime Mm -hmm. and everything. So I got one last question for you. All right. And ask for this question on every on the show. Since it's called All My Friends with Justin Flaskrud, how'd we meet? So I I mentioned that I listened to a couple of the podcasts and I've been trying to figure that out. Yeah. I think I knew who you were in high school, but we definitely didn't run in the same circles. So I was aware of you. Uh, near as I can figure, it was at a bar in college at some point. Makes sense. Where we kind of met back up and started hanging out a little bit more. Yeah, I was. I mean, definitely we went to high school together. You were class 94. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Probably didn't run in the same circle. Um and then, yeah, I figured college is true. Mm-hmm. Were you, are you still friends with Janae? Yes. I yeah, think, so it may have been through Janae. I think that's where it probably happened. Yeah. Definitely through Janae. That kind of, so I usually have a good memory about things. Uh, buddy, my, Ray, why? I may have been drunk a lot that period of my life. And so <laughs> there's not a lot of memory left. Me too. Yeah. And. But Ray's like, I can give you like a year, a day, and a few tidbits of a night, and you can run with it. And I'm like, all right, I do have that. I wish I could remember other things in life, like why I went into the kitchen. (laughs) I can remember a party from 96. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, then I get worried because like people that don't forget things go crazy in their older life because you can't, you're supposed to be able to forget things. It's part of human nature. It's deleting files. And, but yet if you don't forget anything, then all the files get jammed up and you don't know when reality is. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that. No, no. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I try to remember stuff, but um, thank God we didn't have Facebook and social oh, media. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I am so, so grateful that we didn't have any of that shit when we were in high school and college and oh, yeah. law school even. Oh, yeah. And, and if anybody had a camera, it's usually a girl. You would like pose together for a picture. So everybody looked yeah. great. And then yeah. the camera went away for a little while. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, my God, take a picture of me here and here. and Yeah. 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 So happy. Or and, like, videos of doing shit. That oh, yeah. Totally stupid that you never want anybody to ever know about or remember. Yes. And we were all so drunk that nobody remembers it anyway. Yeah, I hear you. I was that guy that brought video cameras to parties because that was my major. And uh, I have a few uh, New Year's Eve parties on video somewhere. 
And uh, I got to get them digitized so I can, I don't, I, there's nothing on them that would incriminate anybody besides just being really drunk in our, your twenties, which yeah. a lot of people are that way. So I'm not worried about that. I just want to be able to watch them now, but they're on VHS or even high eight or something crazy, but wow. yeah, I'm so happy more than half my, well, not even that grew up on no Facebook, no social media. Yeah. It's nice. So I want to thank you uh, for giving me your time and being on the show. Thank you. This was fun. I want to thank Michelle for being on the show. It's always great having lawyer friends. Hopefully, I will never have to assemble my dream team of lawyer friends to get me out of a sticky situation. All right, on to the next episode. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud.